What I wanted to take back from the Patriots are things like freedom, civil rights, opportunities. The founding principles of this country. Everything that's about to be wiped out by their digital censorship. Jack, listen to me. We're all born with an expiration date. No one lasts forever. Life is nothing but a grace period for turning the best of our genetic material into the next generation. Here you go, your majesty. And we are back. I'm glad to uh, be doing this regularly. Not many people are listening, but I don't care. I just want to have my schedule. And then I'm going to try and get this out to my few listeners that I have on time. And Day Day, who wants to comment on my videos without listening to my content. Just reading my headline. But that's what I expect from Bernie Bros. Just read the headline. That's all you need to know. So I don't want to just talk about politics. I'm going to go back to back to my roots and Star Wars Rogue One's review embargo. So the review embargo of Star Wars Rogue One is December 13th. The movie comes out, of course, on December 16th, which means midnight showings are December 15th. So the midnight premiere of it, the reviews are going to be two days ahead of that. This is a red flag. Someone told me that The Force Awakens had a similar thing. Force Awakens ran entirely on hype. All they needed to do for a trailer was just show the Millennium Falcon flying. And that would have been it. We didn't need to see anything else. We didn't need to hear any dialogue. That was it. That movie was sold on Star Wars. This is a little different. We don't have Han Solo. We don't have a Millennium Falcon. We don't have Luke, Leia. We don't have... Anything other than that. We do have Darth Vader. We do have the Death Star. We have X-Wings. It's still Star Wars. And it's set in a period that's familiar to us. But it's something different. We have not had a live-action Star Wars spin-off before. I mean, Holiday Special and the Ewok thing aside. We haven't had a live-action, big-budget, theatrical Star Wars spin-off. One guy said to me, oh, well, Disney's never messed up, so I'm not too worried. You should be worried. You should be very worried. Disney and Marvel haven't messed up. Now, not everyone loves all the Marvel movies. Not everyone likes all the Marvel movies. But all those movies are solid. Granted, they play it very safe. It's that whole idea, here's our beginning, here's our middle, here's our end. What's the easiest, simplest way to tell an action story. Alright, this is it. The basic formula of the action movie. I go through any action movie, Terminator, Back to the Future, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's perfectly applicable to all the Marvel movies. They've played it safe, but they've made fun, enjoyable films. But that's Marvel. Disney's shilling the money, but Disney wasn't always shilling the money. Disney didn't come around till well, let's say, uh, Avengers... Around that time, they didn't—they didn't have their logo. It, <coughs> that was when it was still Paramount. So Disney is flawed. I honestly cannot think of a movie, and I'm—I'm I'm sure it's happened, uh, but I cannot think of a Disney movie that has been a critical failure and a financial failure. There's been plenty of Disney movies that have been just poorly received, but they've made a lot of money. But 
there have been a lot of Disney movies that are well received that make a lot of money. Disney does work hard. They they make good products. They identify what people like. Disney is pretty much more of a marketing company. If you look at their properties, it's more of an experiment in what do people want? Let's give it to them instead of let's deliver something good. Because a lot of people that do complain about The Force Awakens, excuse me, I don't have the same complaints that most people do. I, I think the flaws in the movie are that the the way the, the and I, I'm going to put this in quotes for for the sake of sounding too abrasive and insensitive, the minority characters, they just come off like an assembly line Tumblr product. Like, oh, the girl, well, she's she's a woman. She has to be strong and independent. She can't rely on men. She has to, to care about being strong and being driven and finding out who she is and blah, blah, blah. And then the, the black guy, well, he, he's got he's to be goofy and wacky, but he's got to have a heart of gold. These are my actual problems with it. Kylo Ren may be my favorite character in the entire Star Wars universe. I love Kylo Ren. I think that is the most believable character in that entire franchise. He made the movie for me, but I've seen the movie two times since I saw it in theaters. And each time I like it significantly less and less. There's plenty of movies I've seen countless times. I've seen movies 20, 30 times, and every time I still enjoy it. I've seen Aliens probably 60 or 70 times. I've, I, can, I can watch it over and over. I like it a little more each time. I appreciate all the little details. I like the humanity of the characters. Maybe I'll talk about Aliens in the future because I have a lot to say about how Aliens may be a perfect movie and everyone that talks shit on Cameron is just a pretentious faggot that wants to talk shit and look like they're superior because they dislike someone who's one of the most acclaimed directors of all time. But back to Star Wars uh, Rogue One. Guys, said Disney hasn't failed. Ah, Unless we forget the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. The first Pirates of the Caribbean is awesome. This was a great idea. A movie based on a ride. We're going to make movies based on dumb shit. A ride, well, that's kind of dumb, but pirates are kind of neat. The, the the allure of the pirate, is it's always been kind of cool. There, there's a, a few pirate movies out there prior to Pirates of the Caribbean that aren't Treasure Island that are actually pretty good. Like what? What's that one movie with, with uh, Gina Davis? It's I, I've seen it. I just can't remember the title. I liked it. I want to say it has Matthew Modine in it. It's like Cut Cutless Island, Cutter Island, Cut Cutter's Tale of Cutter's Treasure from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Whatever the the movie. It's it's called it's Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. Yes, there we go. Thank you. <coughs> Cutthroat Island. That was a good movie. It was supposed to be kind of like a let's show that Gene Davis could kick ass and this is going to be our action movie. It's a good idea. It was cool. And there was a movie that Roman Polanski made with Walter Matthau as a pirate. And Walter Matthau is one of the, the silliest looking pirates you'll ever see. He looks like a, like a gruff, just piece of shit pirate. And it was just called Pirates. It was actually pretty good. And lest we forget, Hook. Hook, the first... Two Acts of Hook is one of the most genius pieces of cinema. The third act is one of the dumbest pieces of cinema. It's, it's kind of like this, almost a callback 
to um, Temple of Doom, where Temple of Doom has all this stupid stuff in it. And I think that was done to get away with all the dark things that they put in there. Well, let's not get an R rating. Let's let's dumb it down. Then we can kind of slip under the radar. Temple of Doom has human sacrifice and people's hearts getting ripped out, a bunch of people dying, um, child slaves. It's got a lot of dark stuff. Hook's got a got a lot of deep adult issues. It's child kidnapping. Uh, um, what's her name? Julia Roberts delivering lines. It's got a lot of a lot of really horrible things that people have to to go through and experience. But it was still a, a successful pirate movie. I don't think that was Disney though. I, I may be wrong. That may be like Universal or something. Even though it's Peter Pan, and we just think Disney when we think Peter Pan. But Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of a it's one of those things like a Western today. Like Westerns are popular, but you don't see it. So it's kind of a risk. So Pirates of the Caribbean, it was still kind of a risk. And then all the sequels, I haven't seen the fourth one. Some people tell me it's better than the second and third one. But that's not a glowing endorsement. That's like saying, well, this piece of shit doesn't smell bad as that giant pile of shit. Yeah, I haven't sold me. Just... Just because that's your, your, uh, how, how do I put this? Just because that, that's your, fuck it. You said that, I'm not going to smell a shit. So the pirate sequels are, they're pretty terrible. Pirates of the Caribbean 3 has really good music. That's not a reason to watch the movie, but if you, you're, you're writing or drawing or playing video games, you're on YouTube or something. Put the soundtrack on. It's a really good soundtrack. They're in that whirlpool for 30 minutes. And gosh dang, I I hate that scene so fucking much. It's so, so bad. It's awful. Just awful. But Disney can go wrong. Prince of Persia, that was also Disney. Disney can go wrong. Now, the review embargo itself, you may go, eh, well, you know, it's a review embargo. Maybe they, they don't need reviews to come out. I don't know why you wouldn't, even though it's Star Wars, and Star Wars is hot. It's it's going to be hot for the next few years, unless this movie is a huge flop because it's terrible, and Star Wars Episode Eight is bad. I don't think that's going to happen, but what makes me most skeptical about this, the review embargo in conjunction with 50% reshoots, that makes me go you may have delivered a bad movie. Now, if you watch the trailer, the trailer makes it look pretty good. And it's one of those things, where could it go wrong? How can you make a, a trailer so cool with a movie so bad? Because a lot of people like to say, oh, Prometheus sucks. Prometheus isn't actually that bad. There's a few dumb moments, but your dumb moments are two or three dumb moments. But the rest of the movie is actually pretty good. It's got got a lot of good tension got good performances, has really cool visuals. It's a good movie. That trailer was just too darn good. My prediction for Rogue One is that the movie's just going to be incoherent. I, I think that they probably did some damage control and it's probably better. But this is, of course, my worst case scenario. The best case scenario, it's the best Star Wars movie. And this was all a huge marketing ploy to get people in 
seats to say, oh, there's no way it could be that bad. What's all the buzz? And then just boom, oh my gosh, what a what a great movie. It's so dark and it's so emotional. The action sequences are really good. It oh, The Darth Vader didn't feel shoehorned in. Everything felt very organic and it, it good set pieces. And then it wins best actress, best actor, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, whatever. That's the best case. I don't think that's likely. I think you're going to be somewhere in the middle where the movie is going to have good scenes and it's going to be entertaining, but it's going to be more along the lines of The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. The Shadow is a cool movie, but it's pretty hard to follow. It's just The plot is just kind of a mess, and that's what I think is going to happen with Rogue One. And I think what happened was they, they shot the movie, and then you know they had their rough cut, and then the executives watched it, and they said, what is this movie about? I, I understand that your premise is these guys are trying to steal the plans, but honestly, you have a plot that's that thin. A group of people trying to steal something from someone else. That simple. You need other things going on, because it's a big budget Christmas movie. It's got to be more than an hour and a half long. This is probably going to be a two hour, 15 maybe two and a half hours movie. Probably not. That's pushing it. Two hour mark is probably good. There's got to be more going on. So there's got to be everything building up. And I would predict a bunch of bizarre character moments and a lot of stuff that just goes unexplained. And then they just kind of had to shoot a movie in. If you've ever seen Revenge of the Ninja, which was a, a canon film, it was a movie and the story goes that they shot the movie... And it, when they cut it all together, it didn't make any sense. So Menachem Golan, he pretty much came up with a new story and said, "This is you're going to have this, and then this is going to happen. This, he, he pretty much just said what became the movie for them to, to reshoot. And I'm thinking something along the lines, probably not as slapped together as what Canon does, but something like you need, to, you need to add a story. There's no story. That's just my guess. Just because 50% reshoots, review embargo that's technically two days before the movie comes out and Gareth Edwards said recently when they showed footage it's a sigh of relief to hear someone say something positive about my footage but we saw the first trailer for Rogue One a while back and everyone thought it was really cool and it was a cool trailer both trailers have been really good so it's weird to to phrase something like that because as a director you do feel a lot of pressure to deliver a quality product because you go in with a vision and you may not always capture your vision or audiences may not care about your vision. So there's there's Rogue One. You got your you got your Rogue One. Ah, now back to what you've always wanted me to talk about. Stupid assholes. So Lady Gaga recently said she has post-traumatic stress disorder. I think that's kind of telling that post-traumatic stress disorder, it came from the greatest generation, World War II. Actually, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that. PTSD came from Vietnam, but what it started from was shell shock in World War I, and then World War II, they changed it to combat fatigue, and then it just devolved into post-traumatic stress disorder. But that's telling. That was a a thing that people got from fighting in wars, and then now you're having all these young millennials. I mean, I, I don't know how old Lady Gaga is. I She might be a Gen Xer, but I, I would guess she was born in like 
maybe 85. She might be a millennial, 85, 86, whatever. But it's telling of young people that they think they have something that people got from seeing body parts flying through the air and blood everywhere and people getting killed and people getting lit on fire and people getting exploded and hearing airplanes drop bombs and tanks firing and machine guns and all these things that are horrible. This is what post-traumatic stress disorder came from. People that had post-traumatic stress disorder, they got it when they would see dead bodies. When they would hear fireworks, it would remind them of gunshots. When they would smell things, it would remind them of uh, napalm. Post-traumatic stress disorder comes from things that, that are actually horrifying. Think of Mr. Grimm from Twisted Metal Black, the guy that had to eat someone, and then whenever they... This is the cinematic from Twisted Metal Black. They put the food on the tray in front of him, and whenever he looked at it, it turned into body parts. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder is. People like Lady Gaga, who lived a life of fucking luxury, or Melody Hensley, you don't get post-traumatic stress disorder from people on the internet calling you an asshole. You're just a fucking asshole, and you just want attention. One of the biggest problems I have with the younger people is they're WebMD, and they don't actually exactly use WebMD. They just diagnose themselves based on what they hear other people say they have. Oh, I have this. This other guy has this. Oh, I have this. I know I have this. They, I, oh, I, I'm obsessive compulsive. Oh, I'm borderline personality disorder. I'm, I was born a man, but I'm actually a girl. They, they diagnose themselves with this shit. Lady Gaga is... It's a little shocking to me because she's older than most of the people that does this, but it doesn't surprise me. Whenever I hear incredibly successful young people say stuff like this, I just go, man, you people just need a fucking kick in your ass. You don't, you don't get things that people get from watching people die from being on Twitter or something that you don't really have control of not going your way. Oh, Donald Trump is president. I have, I have PTSD because I dressed up like a Nazi and then endorsed Hillary Clinton. Lady Gaga, I've, I've always stood by. I think she might be a nice lady. I don't like her music. She's terrible in American Horror Story Season 5. That was one of the most undeserved Golden Globes ever given out, except for Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. That was that was the most undeserved, but she was terrible, and that was a that was a publicity stunt. Oh my gosh, Lady Gaga so good in it. Every line she delivered, like this, it was the most cliche and horrible thing. It's it's what someone who thinks that they're an actor from the golden age of cinema would say. It she she sucks. And then after hearing this, I just think now, now I think you're a liar or you're fucking insensitive. Pick one, you, you fucking bitch. So Tommy Lauren was on The Daily Show. This one people have been making some rounds. It's, it's been kind of split. I'm going to weigh in. I'm, I'm not the, the tiebreaker, but everyone on the left says that Trevor Noah crushed her. And then everyone on the right says... I, I don't know if this is everyone. Everyone that I've seen on the right says that Tommy Lauren crushed him. Now, I have to give you that preface because I think she crushed him. And 
as you all know, I'm very, very far on the right. I think the government is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> but every time he asked her a fair question, he would either give her a flippant reply, not answering it, or he would change the subject. And that also goes for when he would ask her a question and she would give a fair answer. She didn't come off like saying like, well, you know what, if black people weren't lazy, then they would have jobs and they wouldn't have to steal. She didn't, she didn't come off like that. She came off like she knew her facts. I don't think Trevor Noah knows facts. I don't think he does. Someone said to me, well, he just reads from the teleprompter. He's a tool. And yes, he is a tool. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I feel bad. I don't remember your name, the guy who tweeted at me. But yes, Trevor Noah is a tool. Someone told me that he was hired because he had political expertise and he was supposed to be good at a thing like this. Jon Stewart, he, he went off the deep end. Same with Stephen Colbert. But Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert were funny. Jon Stewart, I liked him. I liked the Larry Sanders show. I, the Faculty is the greatest movie I've ever seen. If you ever want to watch The Faculty with me, I will, I will do it in a heartbeat. It is is a great movie, and John Stewart plays a science teacher in it. I like John Stewart. I don't watch him anymore. I feel bad for him, but he was a smart guy. No one's gonna no one's gonna debate that he is a smart guy, and John Stewart is charismatic and he's funny. Trevor Noah is the Tumblr host. He's not fucking funny. He's he doesn't even come off smart. Maybe he is, and this is an act, but. He, he comes off incredibly uninformed, like he's, he's reading the, the social justice checklist and this is, this is what he's going off of, uh, white supremacy, uh, black lives matter, uh, women are oppressed, like it's, it's ridiculous, like when she says to him, what did the KKK do? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, what did the KKK do? It was a fair question. When was the last time you heard the KKK do anything? I know black lives matter, I... Uh, one guy said, this is for Black Lives Matter, killed five cops. All right, your turn. I've given you something, Trevor. Come come back. Don't, don't just look flippantly like everyone should know this. He came off smug. He came off arrogant to the point where he didn't need facts because everyone knows blacks are oppressed, women are oppressed, gays are oppressed. Everyone knows Black Lives Matter are peaceful. They want equality. Everyone knows the KKK has killed more than 6 million black children trying to go to school every year. This is how he came out. This is how he came off. Like, these are the facts. These are his facts. And she came off as someone that goes, all right, here's the statistics as reported by the government. These are actual statistics that should be taken seriously. This is this is what's reported. He either would try to make some shitty response like, Oh God, I get a load of her. Oh, oh this, is, this, is, this is your argument? Are you, are you serious? Are you serious? This is your argument. And then she would say, Yes, this is my argument. I asked you a question. Please answer. And then she would come off cool and he'd say, Well, 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 what about this? What do you think about this different thing? And so Trevor Noah... I, I do have to preface it. I think 
he came off like an asshole. But he didn't come off like an asshole because X. He came off like an asshole because he never answered questions or he tried to make terrible jokes. Like when she says, I don't see color. I thought Tumblr would love that shit. Oh, what do you do at traffic lights? Well, you know what? Tommy Lauren's clearly not a comedian. If he said that to me, I would have said, well, the one at the top means don't go. The one at the bottom means go. And the one in the middle says you should probably stop unless you're pretty close. If if she said that, I, I, I'd wonder what his comeback would have been. He probably would have said, but yeah, but but gun violence and Republicans. He's just a fucking asshole. I don't like him. I thought that was the end of The Daily Show. I saw one episode with him, and I said, wow, this is terrible. And then I gave him one extra try, and I'm like, nope, this guy's awful. And Tommy Lauren from The Blaze, man, he didn't look her in the eye at the end. That That's telling. He just, just did not look her in the eye, either because he lost or he just hates so much people that do not like his narrative. Because that's what it is. It's not... My opinion versus your opinion. It's my narrative versus your facts. That's what left and right has become. Whenever someone on the right debates someone on the left, the left, it's always the same argument. Whenever I debate people on Twitter or whatever, have these these little these shit-flinging contests, they always say the same thing. And it always ends with either check your privilege or you're a white man or I'm not arguing with you, you're just a conservative troll. It's just, it's always something like that. They can never refute your facts because your facts come from, oh, this comes from the Department of Justice or the FBI because there's, there's nothing you can do about that. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I locked my cat out and he's crying. Come on in. You in or out? All right, well, sorry, Fred. Poor Fred. Well, so... If you are a conservative on on the Twitter, you may have seen Tucker Carlson. So Tucker Carlson is just some guy. Come on in. Come on in. He was just some guy on Fox. And he's having all these thug life moments, like like these Ben Shapiro moments, where he's just he's asking these people these simple questions, and the sunglasses drop, and then they look like fucking idiots and then he just looks like a baller badass El Duce give him every label that makes him the king and that's how he comes off is Tucker Carlson really that good in an interview or are these people that stupid so I like Hannity I don't know about my listeners I don't know about I know a lot of my friends don't because a lot of my friends are you know far leftists and they they really think that they're fighting the good fight against conservatives and Democrats are the only people that want democracy. But the thing with people like Hannity is he was known as the guy that would just have stupid people on his show to make himself look good. Well, I, this is how he was known by by leftists. Sorry, let me let me let me rephrase that. But I'm at this point with Tucker Carlson. I don't think Tucker Carlson is the king. I don't think he's the Ben Shapiro. I don't think he's the guy that gets him. He's not the the one punch man. I think leftists, people, these people are anti-freedom, by the way. They, 
they look at mainstream media. They, they look at people that buy into Bernie Sanders. A leftist is that they don't have to be a globalist to, to be anti-freedom. Because the whole point of the Democratic Party is to get you onto a government program and expand the government. They don't actually do anything for you. The role of the government should be keep the borders safe, keep the people safe, and enforce the law when it's hurting people. If no victim, no crime. That sounds good. If you're caught selling pot, just give it, give a license to people. Don't let them, obviously don't give it out. Make it so people can apply for it. Is that so bad? Why do people need to be going to jail? I can't remember the statistic. I just rewatched Oz and then they pointed out since 1991, the, the prison population has grown. It was like 600 times or 600%. It was some, some huge number. It was because of Bill Clinton's three strike policy. No one has hurt the black community and black families more than democratic policies. Democrats are the ones that tell you, oh, the right does this. Oh, they say this. They're, they're Bible thumpers. Oh, they, they hate these people, blah, blah, blah. The, the government programs, they put red tape on you that makes it so you either can't do something or it hurts you because you're doing something. Liberal policies, are, they're a bad thing. We don't need restrictions. We need freedom. So you have these people that show up on Hannity or Tucker Carlson, and then you have Ben Shapiro showing up to, to debate someone on something. And then the conservative guy always comes out looking like a badass. These days, you have all these, you don't have thug life memes from, from people on the left. You don't have Sally Cohn, thug life. She just owned Chris Matthews. It just, it just doesn't happen. That's why Joe Biden tried to, to get Trump real good right before the, the, the night of the election. And he put sunglasses on because no one ever made the Joe Biden thug life meme because Joe Biden's a fucking idiot. So Tucker Carlson just asks people these questions and they, they can't answer them without looking stupid or they can't answer them. They have to deflect. You have, you have the people, Tariq Nasheed, I don't know if I talked about him. I did talk about him. Yeah, but Tariq Nasheed, he was on Tucker Carlson. And then Tucker Carlson says, I listen to your podcast all afternoon. It's the most racially driven thing I've ever heard. And then Tariq's like, oh, which is not true. Which, which is not true. Really? You know? You know what's the most racially driven thing? What For all you know, when Tucker Carlson goes home, he listens to fucking Willie Nelson. He listens to Willie Nelson. He listens to the to John Lennon, give peace a chance. And then he hears you talk. You know, if there wasn't so much white supremacy, the brothers in this world, they would be kings. We was kings. That's right. So Tucker Carlson hears that and goes, you know, this seems a little, seems a little like demagoguery. Seems like you're trying to incite some violence. So how do you know? And then he was talking to this elector who says that, elector in Texas, well, I'm not going to vote for Trump. I don't think he's qualified. And he says, well, shouldn't you vote the will of the people? Uh, no, the reason that the founding fathers created the electors was to pretty much to say to save people from themselves. So I want to talk about the importance of the electoral college. 
So here's the idea. The Electoral College versus one man, one vote. The Electoral College is instead one vote, or one man, one vote for state. The Electoral College protects the minority. So one state, one vote. That's pretty much what it is. So you have these major areas. Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City. You have these big cities. Every big city is going to almost always vote liberal. So states that have these big cities, if you have one man, one vote, it might as well be Democrat every single time. See, that's the thing about swing states. They call them swing states because they can go either way. Florida can go Democrat or Republican because the the state may go, yeah, you know, this time you know, they have less people, but the more counties want this. So we have one man, one vote for governor. One man, one vote for governor. So that's your big election. Your state pretty much determines how you live your life. So the, the government, this is what's bad about government laws for on a federal level. The, the government just says, pot's illegal. So now a state cannot say, all right, well, we're going to have it legal here. So most laws should be up to the states. You want to sell pot in California? Whatever. Ohio doesn't want to do it? Okay. California wants to do it. They shouldn't tell Ohio what to do. That's my problem with one man, one vote is California, Chicago, and New York are telling everyone else what to do. You got these hick towns. Well, they only got a hundred people. Why do why, why, they shouldn't get to choose what these thousand people over there want? Of course they shouldn't, but those thousand people shouldn't get to kick the hundred people over. That's not fair. What's good for those thousand may not be good for those hundred. The president pretty much says these are the federal laws. So California, you're 80% voted for Hillary Clinton. I hate, I hate California, by the way. I cannot wait to get out. I'm not going to be here for much longer. But right now, what happens in California affects me. On a federal level, well, may not affect me. But if Governor Jerry Brown signs a bill that says you have to be taxed at 60% if you make less than whatever, that affects me. Obviously, a war would affect me. But a lot of the times, the, the president just kind of says yes or no. I think it's a good thing that we have a president that's willing to say no. People call Ulysses S. Grant, this seems kind of like a, a tirade, but they call him useless Grant because he didn't do anything. The country was doing well. Why should he change anything? Here's a fun fact about Ulysses S. Grant. He saw Kabuki Theater in Japan, and he said, this is obviously, there's nothing really documented. You don't, you don't learn this in middle school, elementary school, or high school, but he said to one of the, the directors of the theater, he said, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Never get rid of this. And this is that's one of the reasons, allegedly, why it's still a tradition. is Because Grant liked it and they thought it was such an honor that the American president went out of his way to say, don't get rid of this. But if things are going well, don't change it. 
things were not going well the second half of Bush. And Obama didn't say no. He said, yeah, let's keep going. Obama doesn't suck because he's black. Obama sucks because his foreign policy was a disaster. Everyone told him, do not pull troops out. You're going to cause a vacuum, which will cause a rise to, say, the Muslim Brotherhood. And then he said, fuck it, I'm pulling it out anyway. I promised to do it. I don't care when, I'm going to do it now. And he did it. His economic policy was also a disaster. He lowered the tax cap. You make 300 grand a year? No, 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 no. That, that's too much. If you make 250 grand a year, we're taxing you more. This is a bad thing. Taking money from people isn't a good thing. To punish you isn't a good thing. And that's what California does. They say, let's, let's vote to punish people. You have to buy bags at the grocery store. They voted for that. Donald Trump can't dictate what California is going to do. He, just, he dictates how the federal level is going to be run. If you re- my point being, honestly, that this seemed like this came out of nowhere. My point being that one man, one vote. If you want it, look at your local elections. Look at the local level, states level. The Electoral College pretty much says that middle America has just as much to say as the other parts of America. Because if you look at the map of the counties that voted for Trump, it doesn't matter that more people wanted it because it all came from major metropolitan cities. They want you, they want you on government programs in those cities. These democratic policies that created Detroit, that created South Chicago, East St. Louis, Los Angeles, name all the shitty parts of, of California. Name all the shitty parts of New York City. New York City used to be a dump in the 80s. Giuliani kicked ass, cleaned it up. If you don't like Giuliani, it's always it's weird to me that people that didn't like Giuliani, I, I feel like he was one of the best mayors the country's ever had. I, I welcome him as Secretary of State because he's efficient. You may say, oh, I don't like him because he says this thing about, about, about Iran. That's a Bob thing, by the way. Sorry, this week in Bob... Bob says Ann Coulter and the Tea Party are nuts because they want to sanction Iran. And Marco Rubio is the most corrupt candidate who's ever ran because he wanted to sanction Iran. Iran deserves to be sanctioned. So basically leftists, leftists say they want freedom. And what freedom is to them is it's not freedom. People on the right, oh, they're crazy because they they don't want people doing drugs. They don't want you doing something bad. I can see the argument for both sides, but that's all you have. I think, I okay, this is the, the world you have to live in, and I'll I'll tell you my choice, and you probably guess. So this is your choice. You can live in a world where, if you commit a crime, you have a harsh penalty. You have a hard time. And this is for a violent crime or even a drug crime. This is a hypothetical. These are, neither of these are my perfect world. So you commit a crime. You have a harsh penalty. You do drugs. That's a harsh penalty because all drugs are illegal except for alcohol. So this is the world you live in. But the government doesn't tell you what to do with your life does not 
tell you that you have to go to this school. Does not tell you you have to practice this religion. Does not tell you you cannot wave that flag because it'll insult people. You cannot have Christmas decorations up because it's insensitive to Muslims. You have low taxes, you have good jobs, you have fair wages, and you have benefits. And if you own a business, you have low taxes. Or you can live in a country where it's hard to get rich because there are high taxes, drugs are legal, but they're everywhere. There's high crime because no one's incentivized to work, so there's no real economy, so the only real way to make it is to, to commit crimes. There's no jobs because minimum wage is so high that only a few select are working. Everything is now automated. These are your jobs. There's a, you get free healthcare, you get free, you get food stamps, but your quality of food is the lowest quality. You get free healthcare, but it is the lowest quality of healthcare. Every institution is ran as the DMV. I'm not anti-liberal because I think drugs should be illegal. I'm not anti-liberal because I think that Christianity is the only way you can be happy. I'm not anti-liberal because I hate women and I don't think they should choose. I'm not anti-liberal because I hate black people and I don't think they deserve anything. I'm not anti-liberal because I love war. I'm conservative because I believe in low taxes. I'm anti-abortion because I don't think you should kill a baby because you were irresponsible. I'm against welfare because it keeps black people down. The Great Society is the biggest kick in the face to the black community. Three Strikes was the next biggest kick in the face to black people. The New Deal was the next biggest kick to black people because this basically said come to the Democratic side and you can vote for people that are going to slowly destroy you. Federal minimum wage is one of the most ridiculous things you can have. Because what federal minimum wage says is, I don't care that minimum wage in Nebraska is $3 an hour. The guy in California can't afford to live while he works at Barnes & Noble. So now we're going to drive up the, the wages in middle America. Because California says it's too hard to live there. What a lot of people don't understand, and that's what a lot of the fight for 15s are. There, it's a lot of people in more affluent areas, and it's almost always democratic areas. The fight for 15ers, you live in California or New York because this is a premium. This is, this is the Lexus. You could have, you could have driven a, a brand new Ford Focus or a nice used Honda Civic that had 30,000 miles on it. You decided to buy a brand new Lexus. And then now you're saying everyone else should pay for it because it's too hard for you to afford your premium gas, your insurance, and your, sorry, your more costly, your more costly bill. You've made this choice. And I know it's hard to amass some kind of capital to move somewhere else. Say you, you're in California, you want to go to Wyoming because it's cheaper there. You're not guaranteed a job. There are programs to help you. 
So let's say unemployment or welfare. I don't like them, but they're there. I can't push a button and get rid of all the things that I don't like. If I did, 47% of the country would probably be somewhere else. I don't know. And this is, a, obviously this is rhetoric. If someone actually said, well, I have the button you can press, it will get rid of it. I wouldn't actually do that. I think what people need is good education, not public education, not free education. That's what a lot of you don't understand. Well, if it's free, we can do it. You're not getting something good for free. You get what you pay for. You get free education. You're getting at the bottom of the barrel. Be educated. Look, look, look all this stuff up. Because you don't understand it. Don't ruin it for everyone else. I'm going to point something else out. That this, this happened to me a while back. I was talking about uh, PlayStation trophies. This was the PS4. And I was saying I hope that they keep the trophy system. Because I do like trophy hunting. I have 99 platinum trophies. And I'm about to platinum Twisted Metal. I just need to play for the next 11 days and win a ranked match. And then I will have me my platinum trophy in Twisted Metal. I am Sweet Tooth. One guy said to me, I don't like it unless you can get something from it. I hope they take it away. If you play a video game, the trophies do nothing for you. I like it because I get a sense of I've done everything this game has to offer me. I paid $60 for it. I'm done. You don't like it because you don't have a lot. Why should they get rid of it? And that's what most of the problems come down to. I didn't get my way on the electoral college. Get rid of it. I don't make enough money in my minimum wage job. Give me more money. School is too expensive. Make it free. Nothing is free. It all comes from somewhere. All you people need to do is look at both sides. And this, this goes for the left and the right. I have arrived where I, at my current destination. As far as I'm concerned, I, I have no plans on going back to the left. I used to be a far leftist. I saw both sides of the argument, and I saw that one was reasonable. But I was a leftist because I would not listen to any right-wing media, nothing Fox, no Tea Party News, nothing, just only the left. If you bury yourself in the echo chamber, you're only going to hear one side, and the other side that you imagine to be scary is always going to be scary. So left versus right in your echo chamber is my final thought. It's like when you're a child and you're afraid of the dark. Every now and then I watch a scary movie and I get a sense of unease when I'm just, just walking, walking home or something in the dark or you know, going to, getting up to go to the bathroom. Just get a sense of unease because you don't know what's there. And that's what's scary. So you're a leftist. The right is something I don't know about. I live in my echo chamber. So the right is the dark. All you need to do, just face your fears, and you'll see nothing scary is there. Thanks, guys. Good night.